Praise the Lord. This morning, I uh, want to uh, be of uh, good encouragement, the best I can, and hopefully with the Lord's help, I'll be able to bring it forth uh, as He's laid it on my heart. But definitely want to be an encouragement to somebody this morning, because I feel like the uh, as a, I was reading, studying the scripture uh, this week, uh, it just uh, it couldn't leave me. You know, it kind of just stick with you. Sometimes I guess you just start uh, you're reading the scripture, and uh, it seems like it just kind of digs down deep into you. So um, I really feel like it's from the Lord this morning. We're going to be going to the uh, book of First Samuel and uh, chapter 17, beginning in verse 40. 1 Samuel 17, beginning in verse 40, and it is uh, the part, uh, passage here where it's talking about David and Goliath, a very, very uh, well-known story in, in the Bible, very popular. But beginning at verse 40, it reads like this, is, Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the, the carcasses of the, of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know, and he, uh, this assembly is referring to the children of Israel here, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you unto our hands. This morning, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit on the title, The Battle is the Lord's. The Battle is the Lord's. Just like in verse 47, when David said, Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time of worship. And now it's come time for the word, Lord. I thank you for what I know that you have given to me. And now, Lord, help me give it forth as you see fit to your good people. In Jesus' name I pray. And let the church say, Amen. Amen. As you're being seated, I want you to look at somebody and tell them, My battle is the Lord's. Amen. Now I don't know. I'm. I don't know what everybody is going through uh, this morning. What battles you may be facing. 
that's neither here nor there. I don't need to know everybody's private, personal business. But what I do know is what the Lord sent me to tell you, that your battle is the Lord's. The battle you're facing right now is the Lord's. And furthermore, the battle that you will face in the future is the Lord's. You have been brought through some battles, but you will have more battles, and it makes none difference. All of them belong to the Lord, and you will be victorious. We had sung some songs this morning about victory in Jesus. Not, uh, not only talking about salvation, you're going to have victory in your battles that you face because they belong to the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Now, in, in this uh, passage, as we're talking about David and Goliath, Goliath was successful in putting fear in King Saul and the armies of Israel. And it was understandably so when you just look at his physical character. When you consider his appearance, Goliath was, according to Scripture, six cubits in a span. And after uh, looking up the math on it, a cubit is 18 inches, the span is 9 inches, and that comes out to about 9 foot 9. So that's about how tall he was, and that's a pretty good height. So <laughs> I don't know that there's even uh, many basketball players that's going to be that tall. I think probably the tallest is 7 foot 2, maybe three, somewhere around in there, but I know it ain't no nine-footers anymore. So, <laughs> besides his height, his weaponry was unparalleled. His entire body was covered with bronze protection from a helmet to all his body armor. The head of his spear alone weighed about 20 pounds, plus a shield bearer went before him, and the shield bearers, if you remember, I talked about one time before how that complete shield would protect from about the uh, top uh, of his uh, facial right here all the way down, complete body armored protection uh, covered his whole being. Besides what else he had on, he had an armor bearer, a separate man, if you will, like Scripture said, that would hold that in place before him. So just looking at his appearance, and he, the, the Scripture says that he spoke for 40 days, morning and evening, coming and calling out to the armies of Israel, uh, antagonizing them, uh, calling out their God and saying that they're no good. And furthermore, not only his appearance, but it was also what he was proclaiming for them to do. He didn't want just the whole army to come fight him. He said, pick you out a man. Pick a man out from amongst you and come and send him up here to fight me. And whichever one lives and survives, the other will become the other slave. That, and so that become even more intimidating. That made it a more personal basis that they were scared of him even more and did not want to go stand in front of him. And King Saul was the same way. He was supposed to be the champion, if you will, of the, uh, uh, because he was king, because he was the Lord's anointed of, of the Israelites. He was supposed to be their leader. He was supposed to stand firm and strong and tell him to charge and take control but this particular king and he and king saul won many battles he did that but this particular time and occasion it was not the case he was standing down and they were all fearsome of him but david was willing david was willing to go face him and confront him he, David knew who was on his side. He didn't care about the armor. He didn't care about what he looked like. He didn't care what his uh, all of his uh, weaponry was, from his sword. His, uh, he didn't care about his shield. He knew that the Lord was on his side. He even told him, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, which means that God's almighty power. God is all-powerful in the earth and in the heavens. There's nothing he does not control that he's, that he's in charge of. So there, there was one that was there that was bigger than Goliath. 
He was bigger than that nine foot nine that Goliath was. They, they may not have seen him directly physically, but there was one bigger there, and he was on David's side. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. He was on David's side. It didn't matter what they had. As long as you had the Lord on your side today, you will win your battle. You will be victorious. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. When the Lord is on your side, you cannot lose. Praise the Lord. Glory to his name. So David was not scared of the Goliath at all. He was not intimidated at all. He had courage uh, uh, against Goliath. And it goes back to when David became anointed to be king. If we look at 1 Samuel 16 and 13, we're going back now uh, before the time period that, uh, that we're currently reading about. 1 Samuel 16 and 13 said, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and then the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. So Samuel, he, Samuel at this time was upset with King Saul. Uh, King Saul had disobeyed the Lord. He did not completely, utterly destroy the Amalekites. Uh, he, he, all the people that he had slayed, the, the scripture says that, he, that they were to kill everybody, women, children, ba- even the babies that were nursed. They were to go completely and utterly destroy even, land, even the animals of the land. Everybody was to be utterly destroyed, destroyed is what the scripture said. Well, King Saul didn't do that. He let, he let the king live and just took him captive. And then not only that, the, uh, the children of Israel, they, the, the, the warriors that went about, they claimed all the good stuff that was left behind. If there was a good animal, if there was a good sheep, oxen, what have you, if they thought like they could sacrifice it to the Lord, they kept the good things. They did and only destroyed what they thought was diminished or less than or what they couldn't get no use or value out of. They, they would kill all of that. So they did not. King Saul, it was his to obey the Lord, and he did not do so. It was partial obedience, and partial obedience is the same thing as disobedience. You cannot, you cannot only obey the Lord part way. You got to obey Him the whole way, wholeheartedly, not just partial obedience. And that, and that uh, uh, made the Lord very upset, and even told Samuel that he is uh, going to remove his, his hand from Saul from being king and, and go and anoint. David and Samuel was highly upset about this. He prayed to the Lord all night about it, and and God even tells him, "said How long will you mourn for Saul? Go and anoint me his neighbor David." And he went and found David, and David become an, uh, he was anointed. He was the eighth child of Jesse, the youngest, and he was anointed. And David, from this point on what became strong in the Lord. He was still watching the sheep being protector over them, and I believe it's from that time period on that he started having uh, some occurrences with the lions and the bears that, that he was able to overtake and protect the lambs and protect what he was in charge of protecting the flock at this time. And so David had the Spirit of the Lord upon him in times of trouble, just like we have the Spirit of the Lord in within us at times of trouble to help us, for uh, which uh, gave him faith and confidence in the Lord. If we look at 1 Samuel 17 and verse 32, well, I spoke of David's uh, gaining, uh, gaining strength and, and encouragement in the Lord. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, 
you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And we're going right back to where they were, they were still, still wanting a man to go confront Goliath, still wanting somebody that was not scared, somebody that had the courage. And since the time of David's anointing, he had that courage, as we read here in the verses, uh, because the Lord, he gave the Lord credit for delivering him uh, from the, the, and the lambs and the sheep from the hand of, uh, of the bear and of the lions. And he not only struck them and stunned them to start, but once he freed the lamb and let them go and they come up after him, he struck them again and killed them by the hand of God. The Spirit of the Lord had come upon him. That's the way he would be able to grab them and take hold of them and fight them. Because as we read before, we know that David at this time, he, he wasn't just a big stature man. He, was, he wasn't a mighty man. He wasn't the nine foot tall but through the power of almighty god he had the ability the battle was the lord's and david began to learn this at an early age he knew that the battle was the lord's and he knew when he gave him the lord credit for what he had done and brought him through and took care of him that the lord would honor david and he was anointed and he felt that and he knew that david trusted god in this new situation we've all had situations you may have had battles prior in your life those prior battles that you've had in times past is what gives you the strength to go on in these new situations. There's going to be something arise and come up that's going to be different than what you've had before. Just like what David's about ready to face with a Goliath. He was not concerned because he knew what he had in the Lord. He knew the hand of the Lord would come upon him and deliver him whichever way the Lord seemed fit. And even he even prophesied and told the people, the, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of hosts, is going to deliver you to our hand. He's going to do it without a sword. You've got all the weaponry. You've got all the power seemingly, but the, the Lord of hosts is going to do it without utilizing any of that. He's going to take you out. Praise the name of the Lord. And we have this same uh, ability through the Spirit, the anointing through the Spirit. We have that ability in us. First John 2 and 20 reads, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Thank God for the anointing from the Holy One. And verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. Who abides in you. It sticks with you. It's with you. It guides you. It walks with you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, it is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. You will abide in the Lord because of that anointing guiding you and directing you in, in truth. You know, in uh, Ephesians, the scripture talk, Paul talks about how we wrestle not against flesh 
and blood like what I'm talking about David was doing in the physical. We wrestle against principalities and powers and the dark, the prince of the air, the darkness that comes against us. There is a spiritual darkness that will uh, try to attack us in any kind of way, especially what our thinking. If we get, if we start getting entangled up in things that we don't need to be belong in, we just like Pastor's been talking about on Wednesday night uh, uh, about the. Uh, oh, Spiritual warfare. You've been talking about spiritual warfare. When you when you willfully, continually commit sin, the same sin after sin after sin, you're in danger of having a spirit come attack you and and be a part and be a part of it. But that is what we're fighting. But we have that anointing and that power to know all truth. We have that anointing for to stir up within us to, to for the Lord to fight our battles. The Lord of Hosts will fight every battle that we ever have. The battle is His. All we have to do is is abide in Him, abide abide in His truth. Let that anointing and that Holy Spirit guide and direct us. Not worry about what comes our way. Not put ourselves in in on on the front line, so to speak. Let God be on the front line. Let Him be the deciding factor. Don't let our way guide us and direct us and and, and step, let us step in and, and try to put what we think ought to be in place. But we need to abide in the Lord, abide in Jesus, and he will guide us. He will protect us in every way, just as David knew that of the Lord. David was not concerned about his life. Are we that strong in the Lord today? Have we been through enough battles this morning that we are that strong in the Lord that it doesn't matter what comes our way tomorrow? We know that God will take us through. We need to be that way in the Lord that we know without a doubt. It doesn't matter what what our uh, what our Goliath may appear to us tomorrow, what it may look like, what may come in front of us. We know we have the strength through Almighty God to confront it and and, and cause it to be to go away through Him. First Samuel seventeen, beginning in forty eight. This is now going uh, back to Scripture, and uh, as David is going out uh, to attack Goliath, and forty eight says, "So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David." that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David wasn't scared. He was ready to go. He was ready for this. He knew that God was going to deliver him to his hand. Then David put his hand on his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it, and it struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. Now, when I read this, uh, you may have caught this before in your past reading, but it reminded me exactly of the scripture we read when he was talking about how he would strike the uh, lions and bears. Like, for example, back in verse 35, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. He did Goliath the exact same way he did them birds and the lions. He did them exact same way. He, he struck him with that sling and that stone, struck Philistine. He fell down. Then he runs up to him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. There was no sword because David prophesied that, he would, that the Lord of hosts was going to deliver him into their hand without a sword. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of his sheath. That sword was still in his sheath. And when I read this this morning, I think about us in, uh, in the here and now and how the devil wants to run his mouth. 
He wants to run his mouth like Goliath. He wants to basically, like, like we say, bark at you, all kind of thing. He wants to keep some fear in you. And he ain't even got his, he ain't even got his sword drawn out. He's, he's hoping and thinking that you're just going to be so scared of his mouth that you won't even go attack him. But that's all he did. That's all David did. So that's all, excuse me, Goliath did was just bark and mouth and try to scare David. But it did not work. For when David went up to him, he had to draw his sword out of the sheath. It was still in his place. And this all, it also reminded me how fast the Lord is. The, just like we watch, uh, we can watch some old western sometime, and there's the gunslingers, they, they uh, brag about being the quickest draw in the west. Oh, ain't nobody faster than Almighty God, the Lord of hosts. There ain't nobody faster than that. When the Lord of God of hosts steps on the scene, there ain't a gun fast enough for him. He can stop bullets. Glory to the name of the Lord. There ain't nobody faster than God. So David drew the sword out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now, now uh, the, uh, the Philistines, when they, when they saw this had happened, they got scared them. The tables had been turned. Then they fled because their warrior, their champion, the one they looked to to protect them, was now laying there on the ground with his head chopped off, David prevailing over him, and, and they started running. So then the children of Israel started uh, chasing after them and chased them back to their border. Glory to the name of the Lord. That is a wonderful, wonderful story that we, that we refer to in the Old Testament, David and Goliath. And this morning, there's two other scriptures I want to leave with you before I dis, dismiss this morning. Romans 8 and 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you this morning. God is for you. God, the battle belongs to the Lord. It is His battle. He is for you. If He's for you, who in the world can be against you? So you don't need to have fear. You don't need to be concerned about it. You don't need to make... Uh, the only prep preparation that you need to make is on your hands and knees to the Lord and giving Him praise and glory, yeah. letting Him guide and direct you. Give God praise and give God the glory. There's a, there's a popular song that Carmen did uh, one, one time, and it said part of the verse was, uh, Our war cry is worship and praise. And that's what we ought to do. Our war cry ought to be worship and praise. That ought to be how we fight our battles. Let the Lord fight the battle, and we just worship and praise Him and let Him take care of it. Because when He is for us, who can be against us? And the last verse I have for you this morning, if uh, Pastor, you want to uh, be coming on back up and get a song ready, is when God told Joshua, as Joshua was taken over for Moses, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It's even on my little notepad here that I got, uh, that I write my notes down in. Joshua 1 and 9. God told Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go this morning, church, I don't care what battles you have already faced. You are strong in the Lord. The Lord will guide you. The Lord knows what's going to come your way. He knows your next battle. You be strong and courageous in the Lord. He will go with you. He will not lead you in the wrong direction. Give Him praise and glory always, and you will win the battle. The victory is yours to have. Jesus is going to see to it that you win your battles and give you the victory. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.